ever seen. That's why you're here. We have a action-packed agenda today. There's so much cringe to react to. But also, I'm, I'm bringing the heat today because I've been writing more, and I actually read Eric Weinstein's research paper that he released, the famous geometric unity paper that he's been hyping up grandiloquently for a very long time. I read it. I read the whole thing. I sat, I spent an hour or two with it, read the whole paper. And I actually wrote a long blog post, which I actually just posted this morning. If you're interested, otherlife.co, that's otherlife.co. Get on the newsletter. And I have some opinions. I have some judgments and I have a larger take on the nature of intellectual influence today, which I think my friend Eric Weinstein um, sorely misjudges, I'm afraid. And we're also going to be bringing in some new people into our into our targets. We're going to be talking about this guy, Jocko Willink, who I recently was shown a video of on YouTube. And uh, let's just say I, I have some opinions about this guy. <laughs> All right. So ben thinks that's funny. Oh, yeah. And Ben, as always, has brought some content for me to react to. Yes. And that's going to be the agenda. Ben, do you want to kind of give a teaser on what did you bring for me to react to? Uh, what just can they more, expect? more degenerate, perverse TikTok uh, trash. Is it degenerate? Last time we were uh, out I, the opinion that it was holy and oh, blessed. Well, that wasn't TikTok. So that was YouTube. Oh, so yeah. Thursday Lane. Yeah. Please, 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 please invite me to a wholesome. white male fart orgy. <laughs> <laughs> or no, what was it? Uh, fart male white orgy. Fart male white porn orgy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That guy was blessed. I believe definitely. And we're getting them. We're going to get them on the show. Yeah. We're going to get them out here to Austin. Oh, that reminds me. Um, people have been texting me. That's been cool. I've been literally texting with people. So, uh, if you want to text me, uh, I have a number just for people on the internet to text me. The number is Ben. Will you read it? Three zero three five two nine two zero forty seven. Yeah. Hit me up. It's been, it's been fun. I've been actually texting with people. What else do we have in the news before we get started? Just a little bit of housekeeping. If you don't know already, I am going to be opening a full course, an eight-week course on Rene Girard. It will be taught by my friend and colleague, Jeff Schullenberger, who you might know on Twitter as Daily Barbarian. He's a great guy, super smart guy, really erudite, but also very, very in touch with internet culture. I actually met uh, Jeff through IndieThinkers.org. He became a member, and he's been doing really great things over the past year, building his blog and, and a podcast now. So shout out to Jeff Schollenberger and the Outsider Theory podcast and blog and the Girard course. So if you're interested in learning about Rene Girard, even if you are not sure whether you need a full eight-week course with like a big group of people doing intensive readings for eight weeks, we made a free study guide, which just basically gives you a logical sequence of, of eight readings that'll last you for about eight weeks to pretty much cover all of the main ideas of Rene Girard, basically. So if you've always been wanting to understand Girard better, you've probably heard about him lately, and you just want to get your hands on some of the books, but you're not sure where to start, or you're not sure what order to go in, uh, Jeff made this excellent curated sequence of readings, and you can download that for free. Just go to girardcourse.com. And uh, yeah, it's a nice little PDF we made, and you can just use it as a free supplement to kind of guide your own study if you want. And then if you want to join the course in June, in mid-June, it's going to start. You're more than welcome to, but you don't have to. So download the syllabus and I'll send you an update in a few months letting you know about the course, but no obligation to join and you can use that syllabus for yourself. So even when the seminars are over, um, the course will be permanently available. So even if you're only seeing this, you know, a year from now or whatever, 
go ahead and download that syllabus at gerardcourse.com and you can enroll in the course anytime because all the courses feed into the indie thinkers community so whenever you do one of my courses you become a member of indie thinkers you become a free member in the community forum and there's like hundreds of other people who have either done the courses or taught courses themselves and then a bunch of other people who we bring in to do private q a's so yeah check it out gerardcourse.com just wanted to let you know about that we're getting hyped about that it starts in mid-june and uh yeah, I don't want to promote too much stuff. I'll, I'll, I think when I do these live streams, I'll tell you about one thing I got going on. I don't want to ram all my various projects down your throat. But actually, what I wanted to do today before we get into the meat of things uh, is I, I, someone who's a listener of the podcast sent me something that they're working on. And he didn't even ask me to plug it. But usually if things are cool, if people, if people in my audience and in my community are working on something that's kind of uh, interesting or notable, I'm usually happy to share it if, if I do think it's cool. Um, or even if I think it's cool, maybe I won't share it just because it doesn't really fit or we're busy that day or whatever. So if you send me stuff and I don't share it online, you know, don't take that as an insult. But every now and then I just like to share it. So no guarantee. But this guy um, sent me a Kickstarter. Ben, do you want to bring it up? It's basically wiffle ball, but for golf. So if you remember when you were a kid, you played wiffle ball kind of a, just a fun family friendly kind of version of baseball. He basically designed a version of that for golf. And I just thought it was kind of ingenious. And uh, the guy is a nice, wholesome, kind of fun <laughs> seeming uh, kind of middle-aged guy like myself. And I, I'm becoming very, uh, you know, supportive of like just wholesome dad core fun <laughs> basically. And this strikes, this strikes me as actually something it's pretty pretty clever i think and it genuinely looks pretty fun so i don't know he sent it to me i figured oh why not we'll throw it out on the live stream so if you want to help this guy listen to the podcast um you know uh you can go check out his kickstarter throw him some money uh, i think especially if you're a dad and you have kids uh maybe this i i i would honestly play that looks looks like it could be fun Same. So Let's I, get it. I don't have any affiliate links or anything like that i just like to uh be cool for people in my community and, and share some things if if people share with me the, what they're working on all right, so uh, we'll put it. We'll have to put a link in the show notes. I don't think I did that yet, but uh, you can find it pretty easily. I think I tweeted it, so you can find it there. And then when we're done with the video, we'll we'll throw that link in the show notes. All right, what do we got, Ben? What order did we agree we're going to go in? I think we're going to start with Weinstein. Yes, right. Favorite guy. Geometric Unity. This guy, Eric Weinstein. I'm sure you know of him. He's a he's a commentator. He's in the he's in the Joe Rogan, Dick Ryder community. I mean, the Joe Rogan <laughs> friendship community. And uh, he's a very smart dude. Very, very smart. I actually really am, am generally impressed by his social theoretical prowess. He says he has very interesting ideas. He's very articulate. And I generally would count myself a fan. You know, uh, I, I don't really count myself a quote unquote fan of anyone because that's just kind of gay. And if you're an adult man, you probably should not be a fan especially not of other men, maybe like hmm. of sports teams. Maybe that's acceptable, but what um, about musicians, musicians, yeah. maybe even that, you know, okay. I think adult men should see themselves as their own independent creative forces okay. and everyone else that they admire, who's a man, they should see as a peer who they aspire to be yes. equal to. I think yeah. of course we all have people we enjoy and admire and follow and, 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 and consume the content of, but I think describing yourself as a fan beyond a certain age, if you're a man, just has kind of deleterious psychological effects because you're you're basically defining yourself as beneath someone else, yep. whereas you should see yourself as their peer and then you should try to rise to the, to be the peer of the people you admire. Total anyway, beta. Yeah, it's a bit of a tangent. In any event, I generally like Eric Weinstein. I think he's very smart, which is why I've been following his ideas since he really hit the scene a couple of years ago via Joe Rogan. And 
if you watch my recent live streams or listen to the recent podcasts, you'll know that I'm very worried about Eric because he seems to be going down a, a very, very dangerous, possibly psychotic, psychological rabbit hole. He seems infatuated, perhaps one might even say intoxicated by his social media influence. And it's making him very bitter about his past experiences with the institutions. He feels like he's a kind of victimized, persecuted individual. He, he literally is pretty much on the record. I think this is pretty literal. He has, he believes he, he has been saying for years now that he discovered a groundbreaking theory based in mathematics and physics, which literally overturns all of modern economic theory as we know it. And even supersedes Satoshi Nakamoto's revolutionary white paper introducing the concept of the blockchain. And, uh, you know, he's been alluding to a research paper that he's been working on for a long time. And he's been talking about releasing it. But then he's a little scared about releasing it because he's not sure what kind of forces are going to descend on him. And, well, I'm glad he had the courage to release it. He released it recently, sometime in the past couple of weeks. And as soon as I saw that, I downloaded it. And I, I'm, I'm happy to report I spent real time with it. I read it carefully. Now, I should give you a warning. I'm not a mathematician by vocation, not by any stretch of the imagination, but I am a quantitative social scientist. And more generally, the point here is that I've read thousands of academic research articles and I have, a, I think, a fairly good familiarity with just the nature of academic publishing, how academic power functions, and just kind of the norms of, of academia and how power and legitimacy is assigned in academia and, and, and not just on academia, but also on the internet. These are kind of two different games, right? To do intellectual work on the internet, to do intellectual work within the institution. These are two very different games. And I'm sad to report that it seems to me that Eric Weinstein deeply misunderstands the nature of both of those games. And so I want to break this down a little bit. So let's, let's talk about the paper. Um, a lot of people have asked me what I think about the paper. And I would say that... It's not really a research paper is the first thing that you should be aware of. You know, if, if you're if you're not in academia or, or you've never really read that many scientific papers, you might look at his paper. I think you can find it at like, I think it's geometricunity.com or something like that. And if you're not familiar with that type of article, you might download the paper and you might say, oh, wow, there's like a bunch of equations in this paper. There's a bunch of stuff I don't understand. Okay, it must be pretty good. It must be pretty smart. So uh, you might just kind of assume it's got some genius discoveries in it. And look, I'll be perfectly frank about I'm I'm in no place to judge the math or if it's right or wrong or whatever. But I have read and analyzed and dealt with in one way or another uh, different types of mathematical papers, many of which are a bit above my head. But I I have a good sense of how to of, of how to evaluate them holistically without speaking to the individual claims. And and one of the key things that you might not understand is that. There's a, there's a very specific kind of template to a meaningful scientific contribution. A, a, a original research article should have a number of things, but at, the, at a bare minimum for it to count as a novel scientific contribution, a meaningful discovery or finding that has any weight at all, it has to do at least two things, which you might not be aware of. One, it has to adequately describe and characterize the current state of the art, the up-to-date scientific literature has to be the 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 starting point because it's only against that that one's findings can be can be uh, compared or can be that one's findings need to be integrated into something and that's always got to be the most up-to-date characterization of the current state of knowledge 
The second thing is that you have to present a specific and developed finding or, or implication, some kind of concrete result that is the, the real gist of the paper. And then what you do is you, you integrate that discovery or finding back into the original state of the art, as you described it in the, in the currently existing literature. So his paper basically doesn't do any of those things. It doesn't even really try to, and he kind of punts on those things. And in fact, what he does is that he makes all of these kind of frankly bizarre references to, uh, Ben, did you look at it by any chance? Did you read it? I'm just curious. No, absolutely yeah, not. I, I, I kind of suggest that. you all look at it because it, it's quite fascinating. He makes all these bizarre references and footnotes and stuff about his kind of role as an internet communicator in the very first footnote of the paper. And this is purporting to be a serious research contribution in the very first fo footnote. He refers to himself as a quote unquote entertainer. And, and he basically kind of like hedges his bets. He's basically seems to be playing this game where he's like, I'm going to try to give you this badass, highly sophisticated research paper. But then I'm also going to say things about how I'm not really a researcher. And basically there are all these paragraphs mixed into this scientific paper that refer to himself and his history and, and like uh, nefarious political forces. So it's like, there's definitely advanced math. It's some interesting, I'm sure very, very smart stuff. And I'm sure a lot of the mathematical uh, intuitions are, are correct as far as they go. And, and I'm sure there's interesting stuff there. Absolutely. But the paper is also peppered with like paranoid concerns, just like you, you hear on his recent appearances that we've kind of been mm -hmm. uh, talking about a little bit in, in recent podcasts, but that, makes its way into this paper, which is, a, but it's a scientific research paper. So it's kind of like, um, it's not a good look. It's really not a good look. Um, but there was also something I wanted to say about it, which I think is really rather interesting, which is that you have to understand that mathematics, pure mathematics, or these kinds of, you know, physics inspired theories apply to things like economics, what's sometimes called, I, I believe it's a kind of subfield, they, they call it econophysics. Uh, these are these are these are very kind of niche fields that are not properly scientific to some degree. You have to understand that when people talk about modern science and you know science with a capital S, the the highly legitimate esteemed domain of intellectual work today, they're really talking specifically about experiment and and science that is not vindicated by experimental method is always kind of seen as like a subpar science. It's fine, it can be interesting, but it's not on some level it's not really science. Science truly is experimental method. That is the coin of the realm. And it's really the only technique we have available to us as human beings that allows for intersubjective calibration of judgments uh, uh, organized around a, an accepted and defined protocol. So if you're not doing experimentation, you're not really doing what most people have in their mind when they think of the legitimacy of science. And I mean, Eric is a very smart guy. I'm sure he knows this. He makes comments in the paper about how not all mathematics needs to be demonstrated through experimentation. However, and he's, he's absolutely right about that. However, the problem is that if you're not doing an experimental science, then whatever it is you're doing doesn't really lend itself to these statements of I'm absolutely correct. And these people are trying to shun me because the only way you can really say that compellingly is if you have demonstrable scientific evidence and here scientific means experimental because that's the only thing that all people can look at and judge whether or not it's it's correct or not and so he does some interesting math very interesting math i'm sure it's all correct math and it's got some interesting ideas about how that could be applied to economics but look the the tldr here folks is that it's not really a research paper it doesn't really prove the point he's been claiming to to prove 
it doesn't really present a novel discovery or finding. It's not really, it's overhyped. I hate to say it. I like Eric. I, w- I wanted this paper to be a slam dunk. I wanted it to completely just crush the institutions and make huge waves. I'm biased in favor of thinking that because it would vindicate a lot of what I've been talking about and doing in my own life and, and you know the bets I'm making on intellectual life outside of institutions. I would love for that to be true. Uh, I'm afraid it, that he just does not deliver the goods. It's basically just a bunch of intuitions that he kind of cobbled together from his undergraduate and graduate school notebooks and kind of says, hey, people who know math, I think all of this kind of adds up to something important, but I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to put them all, I'm going to put these intuitions together and I'm going to say, there you go. This is everything I got. Well, what this makes me think ultimately is when Eric has been saying over these past few months, I had this theory that was suppressed. I had these discoveries, these findings that were too dangerous. It's not true. It's not true. He had some interesting ideas, some mathematical concepts, and he had some creative possible applications for them. But guess what, Eric? Lots of mathematically inclined people can write really smart and correct equations and then also have interesting, compelling ideas about how to apply them or or some way in which that might illuminate the physical world or the social world. But that doesn't make it scientific and that doesn't make it validated any more than the crazed ideas of some madman who is good at math or some like, you know, autist in their basement who is, you know, a math genius and has some unified theory of everything, but isn't able to get it published. Like that person isn't crying about being suppressed by Harvard. They kind of just understand they're a smart person. They have theories and they have some ideas about how they could be applied, but it doesn't make them like a, it doesn't make them deserving of a Nobel prize. And, um, Eric seems to think that, you know, his really good mathematical ideas, which are good and true and correct with his interesting social and theoretical applications or, or cross extensions of them. Somehow those are uniquely so good and so correct and so much better than others, which are possible and compelling. And many of which are already floating around that, his failure to get his published with impact means that the entire system of higher education and Harvard is out to suppress him. I don't buy it, Eric. I was, I was honestly hoping that you're going to hit us with this badass, properly developed and articulated professional research paper, but it's not, you just don't deliver the goods, which, Hey, that's not the end of the world. You know, compiling a bunch of intuitions and kind of saying, here are some steps for future research. That's cool. That's completely fine. The only problem is you've been saying for months, that you have this grand unified theory, which has been systematically suppressed. Well, no, you haven't actually, you haven't actually demonstrated the theory yet. It's promising. I would love to see you succeed. I hope you follow through on it, but I got to say folks, that's my, that's my diagnosis. That's my judgment. I was extremely underwhelmed. It was, uh, it was somewhat bizarre how the paper was peppered with um, kind of paranoiac uh, sociological intuitions that are just frankly out of place in a scientific research article, even though I agree with a lot of it. I mean, Eric is right. Certain findings are less likely to be published in scientific literatures. That is true. But then why are you writing this pseudo research paper trying to appeal to institutions that you don't even need to be interested in? My position is that extra institutional knowledge should be extra institutional. Use that to build systems and communities and knowledge and insight and communities of practice and experimentation outside of the institutions that then overthrow the institutions. Don't like have this amazing audience on social media and have these amazing math skills that someone like Eric has, and then use all of that to feel sad and victimized and persecuted because the institutions didn't give you a cookie 20 years ago. That's just sad. Don't do that. Don't fall for that trap. 
It's cringe. It doesn't really work. You're kind of misunderstanding the nature of institutions and their power structures, and you're misunderstanding the nature of internet and public intellectual influence as well. So yeah, go Eric. My, my advice to you is stop being sad and resentful towards the institutions that never gave you the cookie you always wanted and tell them to, you know, F off and develop those theories with your genius buddies in your discord server and keep publishing papers, build that extra institutional knowledge, but don't try to convince them. Don't try to get credit in the system. Just keep doing it. Keep developing what you believe to be true and make that as big and badass as possible. Quit belly aching and quit promising the world these, you know, groundbreaking theories that supposedly you had in the eighties or nineties, which you don't actually have. It's, it's a bad look. I think you're, I think you're, you're better than that, Eric. So that's my take. People were asking what I thought of the paper. That's my overall diagnosis. Ben, did that make sense? Do you have any questions? Does anyone listening have questions? Made sense. Yeah. I just don't really understand his whole, uh, I mean, do you think it, it it's schizo or is it just like narcissism? Is it? Um, I think Eric Weinstein is, is somewhat schizotypal. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, I think he's a little narcissistic too. I mean, I wrote in my blog post today and, and that's not even an, an insult, by the way, I'm not, I'm not throwing shade on Eric. I, I wrote in my blog post in my newsletter today about this, that I don't think we've seen anyone. So this megalomaniac since Nietzsche, which hmm. in my universe, that's a compliment because Nietzsche yeah. was the man. He was the absolute Chad yeah. of 19th century Europe. So doesn't necessarily make you a bad person to be a total megalomaniac, but uh, this is like the most megalomaniac we've seen any kind of like public thinker in, in a very long time. He, yeah, he's definitely infatuated with 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 himself in a way. I don't know if you saw the recent like Joe Rogan uh, thing he did. Yes, but uh, bits of it. Yeah, he even Joe Rogan was basically getting pissed off with him. Like yeah. Joe Rogan was really putting his foot down. And Joe Rogan was basically like, "Dude, get over it." Yeah, like this is cringe. He didn't say the word cringe, but. If you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so look, folks, I'm trying to make these live streams more substantive, more sophisticated. I, I, I We're going to have some fun reaction content also, but uh, I wanted to start things off with a fairly focused and considered evaluation or judgment of a more sophisticated piece of work, which is Eric Weinstein's Geometric Unity paper. Are there any interesting questions? Or by the way, folks, if you want to give us any super chats, all that money goes straight to Ben. So I'm happy to take any questions people have and all the money will go to Ben if you put that in a super chat. Yeah. Anything of note though? No? Let's see. Uh, there's been some... Do you think Eric Weinstein's going to come on here? Oh, absolutely. I think he's going to watch this and then he's going to be like... He needs to come set the record How straight. dare he? Yeah, I need to I come think, on and, yeah. and, and... He has to debate publicly. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, let's see. Sounds like... Weinstein, Stein, I always get that. Wrote a postmodern masterpiece. Oh, funny you say postmodernism. Very good point, listener. Because here's the, what's really, really interesting about this, if you think about it. Eric Weinstein's, or Weinstein it is? Eric Weinstein? Stein, yeah. Stein. Eric Weinstein's paranoiac delusions about being suppressed by the system are epistemologically similar to the paranoid delusions of the woke gang who thinks that the power structure is out to get them. It's actually very similar. And here's why. I mean this in a technical sense. Here's why. Modern science is far and away the dominant legitimating paradigm. It, it is the, the mode of veridiction, to use a word from Foucault, a phrase from Foucault. It is the only mode of veridiction that truly has 
supreme dominance in contemporary Western culture. And this is for a few different reasons. Many people have told the story from different angles, but it's not hard to, to understand from a layman's perspective. Just think about what has status, what, what, what kinds of ideas are powerful in modern Western civilization. If you claim to have a new idea, what is going to get you actual traction with that idea and what's not? Well, far and away in modern Western societies, it's scientific experimental evidence. If you have that, which basically means a other observers, whether they like you or not, can evaluate whether or not your claims add up. And two, it usually results in some kind of engineering output. Like if you have, if you have experimental proof that some new theory works, then you can build something that other people can't build. And that's kind of like the proof is in the pudding, right? So for many, for many reasons, this is the mode of erudiction, the, the, the technique of, of verification that is far and away the most powerful and dominant in modern Western societies. Okay, so this is a point that has actually been made most effectively by all of the postmoderns. This is kind of the, the, this is arguably the biggest idea at the core of the entire continental tradition for the 20th century hmm. is this awareness and this insight, which is absolutely true, which is that if you can't demonstrate your knowledge or idea through scientific method, meaning experimental method, then it's always going to have a lower status in modern Western societies. Yep. Uh, modern science privileges, privileges, a certain form of knowledge, a certain type of knowing, and everything else that can't be validated that way gets gets considered, you know, false or not real or or second class at best. And guess what? Eric Weinstein, the great, you know, liberal liberal mediator who has stepped up to the plate to disabuse us of all of the postmodern excesses, <laughs> is actually <laughs> replicating or relying on a kind of postmodern critique in a way. And when he claims that his knowledge based in mathematics and applied to economics is superior relative to contemporary economic theory, which at least has a lot of experimental method behind it, he's actually suffering from the same form of delegitimation that the postmodern woke tards are always crying about. Isn't that interesting? Do we have a super chat there? We do. Yeah. This is uh, unrelated, but... This Holy shit, we got 112 people in the house? Ben, you didn't tell yeah. me that. I just put my oh, glasses sorry. Am on. I supposed to? All right. Okay. So this is from Morgan, $5. Thanks. Hey, Justin, been a while. Hope you've been well. Any plans for another mansion event? I know it's complicated with Rona, but maybe later this year. All right, Morgan, I'm glad you asked this question. We are absolutely going to be doing another based mansion. This one's going to be in Austin, Texas. It's going to happen at the first convenience. I was already actually thinking about trying to do it in April, but it's just too short of a time horizon. I want to give people plenty of notice to save the dates in their calendar. And it gets super balls hot in Texas, like from after April, basically. So yeah, we, we are probably going to do some small local things here and there uh, for fun because I do have a lot of fans in the area, but we're going to do a big thing that people will want to save the dates for. And, and some of you are going to want to drive out here or fly out here. Uh, we're going to do a big thing in the fall. Probably October, November, when when the, when when the horrible Texas heat dissipates. So the answer is an absolute yes. And in fact, if you want to know about events, text me, uh, Ben. You can give them the number. This is going to be. I'm going to send updates. So like, definitely, if you're in the Austin area, text me because I occasionally do meetups, like random meetups. And uh, we did one a couple weeks ago, and it was fun. A bunch of people came yeah, out. Really cool people. Um, so if you want to get invited to random things around Austin, definitely give me a text. Ben, can you read the number? It's three zero uh, three zero three 
529-2047. Yeah, and then also if you want to um, come to the big based mansion event that we're going to do later in the year, then uh, also get on the text list because that's how I'm going to make make sure the word gets out. Uh, the, the number is 303-529-2047. Hit me up. It goes straight to my phone. I will literally respond to you personally. I'm checking them right now. All right. Any other super chats? No. All right. So what's next on the agenda? I think we got some lighter fare for you. I think Ben yeah, brought definitely. some schizo delirious. Well, I don't even know this. Yeah. Schizo. I don't even know what this is. <laughs> I would like you. I, I want you to analyze. All right, this. Tell me what it. this is. Give let's me your social it. diagnosis. Okay. It, it, it came. <laughs> oh. Happy boy. It's the 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 switch with the with the with the animal crossing um, um okay okay so, so you, first off yeah yeah what are your initial you want me to, impressions like, guess what's well, going yeah, on here? sure so it it's seems right like it seems like this guy is either really immature and gay or he's not gay in the bad way gay and just like being being kind of dumb i'm cool with gay people wait I what's like, gay in the bad way um, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he is being gay in the bad way, not in the fine oh, way. Like yeah. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, I'm cool with gay people. I have lots of gay friends. <laughs> I, I, I love gay people, especially based gay people. Yeah. But um, I love the based gays. But uh, no, he's being gay in the bad way, which is not connected to sexuality. Gay meaning like when I was a kid, like, like being, uh, like <laughs> lame, uh, corny. You know, lame or corny. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's either just really gay in the sense of lame or corny and he's just like childishly happy with his game boy so it's either just a very it's either just a very immature man i guess yeah. or is is this tiktok is he yeah, like performing is, is this well, like is this like some algorithmic optimization he's like catering to is this like a trend or something it seems to be i mean what what i initially thought it's yeah like what you said kind of this gay cringe thing or he's like genuinely retarded mentally to say but yeah like you say just that it being on tiktok implies that there's some he orchestrated this and he knows what he's doing and so but then i looked closer if you see the uh the tags there apparently there's a trend or a i guess it's a i don't know if it's sexual but it's some kind of kink or something people do called little space or age regression where they <laughs> age act like regression children. yeah i do that like a few times a day you but do no, no one gives well, yeah, my wife is always telling me I'm being immature or. Oh, but uh, you're not doing it like intentionally to like. No, I mean, in a way, when I, when, I, when I call my buddies gay, it's kind of age regression. True. I'm acting like I'm eight years old again. Okay. But so there's just like degrees of it. I guess. I've never seen it quite like this. Yeah. Well, then. So, okay, so this is a this is a, is this a kink? I think so. I think it's related to some like sexual perversion. OK, um, well, all right, you, I think you have another clip. Yeah, well, this is this is what uh, confirmed that he is indeed. I just sure do have a job. I also run a couple of side businesses. Um, so, yeah, bye. So that confirms he's not like genuinely retarded. OK, I think this guy needs to buy the Wiffle Golf. He needs like a, he needs a more wholesome hobby. Play replay, replay the um the one where he's like loving the Game it, Boy. It came. <laughs> Happy boy. Happy boy. I got my cell phone in the mail today. <laughs> I, I'm oh I, I'm a happy boy. <laughs> you do it so well. Oh, I'm a happy oh, boy. Beautiful. Is this is this 
Ben. Ben is. <laughs> is this is this gonna get me new new fans? I I, I hope this. I, I hope this gets me new sub- subscribers. Do you think it will, Ben? <laughs> oh man! All right, that's very disturbing. Okay, I kind of regret showing this to you now. Um, no, no. Quirked up, but not that is evil. It? Not that evil. Honestly, not even yeah. that quirked. Okay. It's pretty funny though. Is it, it funny? I, it's funny. I appreciate Ben. You're teaching me that this new type. Of, I did not know this is a thing. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um. I would say on the quirked up scale, it's about a five. On the sinful scale, it's about a it's about a five. It's not too bad. Well, it's, it kind of begs the question: Is like, okay, if he's incorporating this age play, quote unquote, into this, I don't know, this innocuous event, like, what else is he doing? With well, that? here's right. a question for you: Is this kind of thing like grooming? Is this yeah, like do kids exactly. watch this? Exactly. Do do yes. five year olds watch this and they're like, oh, this guy's like me. I wanna I wanna hang out with him. Is that the game thing? I don't know. Yeah, that's a, I didn't think about that. That's fucked up. That's, well, so do you are you going to modify your rating then or are you going to keep it at you think it's still Yeah, I'll leave it I'll leave game? it there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. That well, that's all I have. <laughs> Is it Thank you, Ben. Yeah. Thank, yeah. Thank <laughs> oh you. god, don't do that. Uh, okay. All right, what do we got next on the agenda? I think it's uh we got your boy J- Jake Jocko. Jocko, this guy, yeah. this guy Jocko. First of all, he's cool. huge. He would kick yeah, he's, my ass. He's fucking swole. I mean, yeah, there's, I have nothing to say about that. No doubt about that. And look, here's okay. We're gonna talk a little about a little bit about this guy, Jocko Willink. You've probably seen him around. He's like, he's also in the Joe Rogan Dick Ryder community. I mean, friendship community. <laughs> he, you know, he's a very smart guy. He, like he's he's smart and he's a badass. He's like accomplished badass. No doubt about it. Um, the problem here is, folks, that once you become famous enough, you start getting put into these buckets that you don't really belong in. And then it just (laughs) looks bad for you and for everyone involved. And I'm starting to see this more and more like poor Eric Weinstein. Great guy. Super smart. Love him. think he's super smart and cool. And then before I know it, he's the media, the, the, the media systems, the digital algorithms are incentivizing him in a certain way and putting him in certain places, giving him certain perches that pull out the worst aspects of him. And it's just a sad thing to see. So like this guy, Jocko Willink, who's badass, super smart, super strong, cool dude. Um, He is now getting pulled on to like news um, episodes, ask being treated like a expert on (laughs) things like COVID Mm -hmm. and politics. And I came across, I just, you know, I I come across all these clips on YouTube and I'm, you know, I have a wide palette. I like to, I like to watch a variety of different things. And the other night I got exposed to someone, the, the algorithm, the recommendation engine showed me this clip of Mr. Jocko b- basically being the expert on a Fox news segment. That is, they were asking him about like how the country should respond to COVID, which is a complex medical and political <laughs> question. And uh, this guy, again, no disrespect to him, but his main claim to fame is, well, no, he's done a lot, which is badass. Um, so no, I come from a military family, by the way, I have nothing but respect for people who are, he was a Navy SEAL, you know, I, I have a ton of respect for that. Um, but last I checked the Navy SEALs don't really train you in, uh, political science or medical science or the combination of the two. So I just thought it was funny. I thought this clip was really funny and I just wanted to watch it with you to see what the media does to be, we're going to break this down. We're going to do a little analysis of of what the media does. Like you do something interesting and good in life and you're a cool person. You write a book, you go on Joe Rogan podcast, 
beautiful thing. Great. A lot of people know about you. And then the media sucks you into being this thing that you're not, and you become a laughing stock of yourself. So I just want other people to see this. I want other people to see how this works. Don't let, if you ever get successful, don't let the media machine suck you up and spit you out. You want to kind of, like Deleuze says, you want to become imperceptible. You know who's done a good job of this, by the way? A little bit of a tangent, but Sam Hyde. You know, oh, I actually, absolutely. I feel like he's aged better as he's gone more underground. Yep. Like I like, yep. I, I, when he was like, you know, almost on, you know, uh, Adult Swim and all that kind of stuff. I, I didn't know much about him. Didn't really care that much about him. Kind of thought it was lame. And I also kind of just jumped to some conclusions about him. And uh, then he like went underground, said like, fuck all this. And now like just some of his videos surface from the underground every now and then. And it's like really good, wholesome stuff. It's, it's, it's yeah. stuff that like is both funny, but also like genuinely wholesome messages that are really, really important for young men to hear in a very, very unique way. And so I think he's a really good example of how you can avoid the, the, the mega machine and it's, and it's perversion of you by as you get successful, you actually want to go more and more underground as you get more and more successful. That's very counterintuitive for many people, but it's a compare Sam Hyde and his success and his authenticity and his increasingly just kind of style and message, which I think is increasingly honorable and cool and impressive and unique compare that to what we're about to watch now, which is Jocko <laughs> Willings rise to the level of expert yeah. commentator. All right. Uh, from the top. Sure. In response to COVID, our government imposed a lot of rules and regulations on the American people. Masks. No, you know what? Fast forward to when he comes on. So it's because we probably get copyright hits if we do the whole thing. He, they're just, she's not saying anything. She's a bimbo. No offense. Uh, again, again, no offense to her, but this is the media. <laughs> like they put on these anchors who are, they're nobodies. They have no, they don't know. And they're literally <laughs> dumb people. They're like literally <laughs> below average intelligence people. They're obviously being selected because they're hot and they're verbally articulate. Yeah. And it's like, who is this person? She has no name. We know nothing about her. We, we have no reason to believe anything she says. And frankly, everything she's saying is just like super basic bitch. Uh, so it's like, okay, well, that is the background. You don't need to, she's just basically saying basic bitch shit about COVID. And now we're going to hear from the expert. Let's, let's go to the expert. Jocko Willink, retired U.S. Navy SEAL and extreme ownership author. It is such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure to have you, Jocko. You're the only reason my kids are tuning in tonight. Um, so I want let's talk about the leadership um, during the pandemic. How do you assess it? Well, I think one of the biggest problems that I saw during the whole pandemic, the way it unfolded, was as a leader, you have to realize that you don't know everything. And if you make a guess about what direction you should head in, and it turns out that your guess was wrong, you need to be able to adjust and try I something pause new. It. Ari, if you're such a good leader, you should have had the foresight to know that this was not the direction you wanted to go in because this is about to get bad. Go ahead. And I saw really both sides of the aisle that committed to some sort of theory and then stayed on that path even after we knew that theory was no longer correct. Pause. Right. And the studies that have... Okay, so like, what the fuck would you have done? Like, what what would you have done if you were the fucking president? Okay, I get you're like a leadership expert because you led the Navy SEALs or whatever, but... Do you ever stop and think that maybe the Navy SEALs are a little bit different than a country of 350 million people and multiple jurisdictions? And I think if you're going to talk shit from your armchair perspective, you should have said something a little more specific like, oh, they should have done X, Y, or Z. It's super easy to just sit back and say, oh, they should have changed course when they figured out that they were wrong. Well, yeah. Okay. Easy enough to say, but where do you change course to? That's the fucking hard part. Carry on, Ben. 
come out about obesity or the, or the, the linking and the talking about it in the press has really only happened in the last couple of months. And I'm wondering, all summer long when we were locked inside and they, they knew these numbers. I mean, it was it's not it's not like rocket science, right? I mean, no, it's it super easy, lady. Yes, yeah, yeah. the countries and looking at the obesity rates. Why do you think we didn't hear about that? And why didn't they tell us to get outside and and use this as you know? They talked about the Great Reset. This could have been the Great Health Reset. For All right, America. pause. I, I love this. I love how she just non sequitur shifted it totally onto fat shaming. <laughs> it's yeah, like the uh, the frame here. Um, so she's asking him. Why are people not working out during the pandemic? Like, what the fuck kind of question is that? That you can't even answer it. I guess what she's, I she's guess, about to be, to. I guess, to, okay, I'll try to be more charitable here. I guess what she's thinking is the government could have said, hey, everyone, this is a great opportunity to get out in nature, work out more, you know, get out of the house, be more physically fit. But watch what he, watch. She, all she's really doing is giving him this like super soft layup. She's basically just telling him fat shame people and tell people to work out more. That's what we brought you on here to do like that. Like this is such a <laughs> ridiculous right psyop. It's like you have to imagine people like the the way they design these shows. They're just thinking like, huh, who's some famous person we can bring on to say like three things that we're going to plan out for them to say. Mm -hmm. And those things are going to be our audience is going to like it. But it makes no like these are all non sequiturs and they make no sense. And what the fuck does this guy know about running a country? All right, let's hear Let's hear his answer to this. Yeah, again, I think that people got locked onto this idea that, you know, what we need to do is stay away from each other. What we need to do is not go out, not be in groups. And they locked onto that idea so tightly that when we started to realize, oh, there's there's actually another solution that we should probably moving in the direction of. But egos didn't allow that. And people just continued to say what we need to do is stay apart, stay inside. And it, obviously, it's not good on a multitude of fronts. Right. It's not too late, right? Because we could have another pandemic. Okay. His book is called Extreme Ownership. Well, I doubt there's a chapter in that book that says, go on TV and be an armchair quarterback on problems you don't know how to solve that are not your responsibility and that you had no skin in the game dealing with. Is that a chapter in the book? I don't know. If so, if it is, someone should tell me, but I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess if anything, there's something in that book that says, you know, mind your own business, do what your responsibility is, focus on, on your duties and obligations in your own circle of competence. Hmm. This does not seem like that. This seems like stepping out of out of bounds to be more famous, to be on a TV show talking about stuff you actually have really nothing to contribute to. And again, I'm not even criticizing him. I'm like saying to him, spare yourself from this embarrassment. Mm. Yeah, sure, you get to go on on TV and be in front of in front of a, a few million eyeballs. Honestly, it's not these shows are not even that big. They're they're like small. These shows are small compared to the biggest YouTubers. So it's like, you're just embarrassing yourself by even going on here. Now I should back this up a little bit because I have been on TV a few times. Um, what? I, yeah, yeah. I was on BBC a couple times what? in England and I was also on Al Jazeera. What? Um, we gotta, like we gotta get this footage. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you can find it. Um, no, wow. but, it, but- I'm gonna make that. So, but everything I'm saying kind of issues from these, these experiences. Like having gone through these ropes, it's such a ridiculous song and dance. And everything is completely orchestrated. Like it's, they make it very clear that they're they're pretty much telling you what to say, and uh, they kind of coach you into saying it in a way. And if you don't say what is you're supposed to say, of course they don't tell you literally what to say, um, but they they kind of they they nudge you in the pre in the pre game kind of uh, planning. They kind of they make it very clear what you're being brought there to say. Um, and ideally, it's something about your research. Like when I did it, it was about my research. So that's easy. I just talk about my research. But it's not like this guy's book is about like how to steer a country during an unprecedented pandemic. 
Like, surely they could have found someone better than this guy. They're pulling him on because he's famous. And because, like she said at the very beginning, because her fucking kids like him. Like, I bet you <laughs> she picked him. She picked him to go on national television to give advice on national political leadership on a complex medical, scientific, and political question because her kids suggested it, pretty much. That's what these shows have come down to. All right, let's let's carry on. Pandemic. We don't know. Our border is open right now, and there's another COVID strain coming up from Brazil. How do you think Americans should prepare right now? I know you talk so much about personal responsibility and health and fitness. Give your best advice to America right now to prepare for the next pandemic. <laughs> I would say it's really obvious, like you said, get healthy, go out, <laughs> exercise, eat good food, be on a good diet, and, and get outside and get healthy. That's it. Pretty straightforward. That's easy. Straightforward. Easy. <laughs> Get healthy, dude. Um, on That's awesome. This is awesome. I Honestly, I've changed my mind on this guy, Jocko. This isn't cringe. This is great. You know what I noticed, actually, to be fair to him? If you notice when she was done asking this question, uh, before he started talking, he was like, he had a smirk. It's like he could hardly contain really? his own laughter. Oh. I think he was laughing at precisely what I'm making fun of. He kind of realizes, like, this is ridiculous. Why have they brought me on here? But like when he first, it is pretty before. You know, our government. Oh, before, like yeah, right about there. Guys, eat good. Like when she's done at, you said, asking the question. Get healthy. Go out, exercise. No, go to when. Your best advice to America right yeah. now to prepare for the next pandemic. See, you're right. Yeah, he, yeah. Look, at, look at that face. Yeah. His his Shitting face. Is, his face is saying, "That's like, a fucking ridiculous yeah. question, lady." But I'm not the person to answer it. But hey, you brought me here. I'll give you my best. Get healthy. Just work out, everybody. Just work out. Just say no. He's basically the new yeah, Nancy Reagan. Exactly. He's the new Nancy Reagan. Right. The new Nancy Reagan boomer ass mentality is fucking a super jacked like six five Navy SEAL. Five five. Five. Oh, he's short. Okay. Telling you to work out. This is the new. This is the new face of uh, of Nancy Reagan. Whereas the, back in the day, you had an old lady saying, "Don't do drugs. Just say no." <laughs> now you have this like jacked up military man telling you just work out kids that will solve the next unprecedented pandemic i don't buy it but he to his credit he's laughing i give him credit yeah. I, okay jocko anything bad i said about you i take it back you're based i can see you see through the charade and you're sending us these subliminal signals telling us that you know so that's based all right how much do you think you got paid for this it's a good question. Generally, they don't pay. Oh. Uh, well, oh, paying they don't pay people like me, but yeah. maybe someone like this does get paid. But no, I think generally they don't pay because yeah. I think you do you do just do it for the clout um, for the most part. Yeah. I don't know that they might they might pay some people. Is there anything more to this? Oh. Maybe we should maybe we should be done with it. Yeah, so we don't I get hit for it. copyright. Sure. OK, so, yeah, basically, do you folks notice a trend? Basically. When people go on Joe Rogan and get famous from it, they get a certain kind of brain worm that generally does not bode well. Oh, so you think it's Joe? Something no, it's not him, him doing it. It's okay. just power and influence that's yeah. doing it. The one person who has been exempt from this so far is Tim Dillon, I would say. Okay. Because he's oh, he basically coming though. He could come. That's right. We'll yeah. we'll keep an eye on. We'll keep we an eye on Jordan Peterson. We'll keep an eye on Tim. Yeah. But so far, he seems based. He seems like. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I mean, it, it's probably clear to most people, but. He his career is completely based on Joe Rogan. He's been on Joe Rogan like eight times or something like that, and and Joe Rogan really strongly endorses him, which is good. You know, that's in no way invalidates Tim. Like that's good. It's always good to you know catch a break by finding someone super big who genuinely endorses you. So that's that's as bad a, as badass a way to come up as anything. Um, but he's he's very much 
kind of indebted to Joe Rogan in a way, but he hasn't fallen in the trap that the other uh, Dick Riders, I mean, friends of Joe Rogan have fallen into because he still stays edgy. He's still like, yes, here's, here's the best way to know, to know whether someone is based and keeping their cool or whether they've become a Dick Rider psychophant is simply do they mock their benefactors? Mm. That It's as simple as that. Yeah. If you have the balls to mock your benefactors, then you're based and independent and you haven't been captured. But if all you're ever saying is this gushy oozing stuff like Eric Weinstein and Lex Friedman jerking off yeah. on each other, talking about Joe Rogan, then that's the way, <laughs> you know, you've been cucked. Nice. Uh, yeah. that, it's a, it's a clear sign. And you know what, for what it's worth, like this is true in all things. Like I remember when I was a professor, you know, like you would never ever criticize people who are ahead of you in the field, who are kind of more advanced and more prestigious and respected than you in the field. Um, you would, you would never like say anything critical or negative about them. Certainly not as people, but even really about their work and even in a kind of, uh, opinionated way and a respectful opinionated way. Um, but if you did, if you were like young and you had strong opinions that were, uh, somewhat against like power holders and prestigious people in the field that always, uh, made very clear that like you were the real deal, at least in my opinion. Um, that's, that's always how I saw it. And it all goes back to what I've talked about on this podcast all the time. I've talked about it in many episodes, but it all comes back to costly signaling. This is the yeah. logic of, this is the logic of Diogenes. This is the logic of Socrates and what in the ancient Greek world, they called Parisia was the word for it. Also known as Frank's speech is how it's often defined. Jesus Christ himself was a Parisiast in the sense that the, the gospels actually use the word Parisia. Uh, it's, it's a form of, militant free speech that is equally critical of all things that are false, no matter how powerful they are. And you're not really afraid of losing favor from people in power. And that's easy to, to glorify. It's easy to, you know, we all want to pretend that we're like that. You know, we're all free speech. We're all, you know, speak truth to power. But at the end of the day, most people have masters of one kind or another uh, to whom or for whom they will always to some degree circumscribe their, their true expression uh, out of, out of a kind of piety or, or fealty to, to that master. And look, sometimes it's good to have a master. I'm a Christian myself. Yeah. I submit to the, to the one true holy apostolic church and the church I, I I'm, I've submitted to the church and God as my master. I still say whatever I want, whatever I think is true, but everyone has to have their master. And if you think you don't have a master, you probably have the worst master of all, which is the kind of vague distributed sense of public opinion. And that's mm. the worst, worst master of all to have. So it's better to pick your masters, respect those masters, but make those masters as general, high level and high up as possible so that you get the maximum amount of freedom to really express yourself truly to all other earthly powers. That's how I think about it anyway. What else, Ben? What else mm. should we talk about today? What do you think? If anyone wants to ask any questions, I will I will answer any questions live. If you throw Ben some 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 money for his for his fish sticks, he doesn't eat yeah, chicken tenders. He doesn't eat chicken tenders, but can't do it. We will buy Ben some fish with any super chats you throw me. I will answer anything. I will talk about anything. Ben, if also, yeah. if you want to ask Ben something, you could, um, uh, any super chats, all the money goes straight to Ben. So, uh, if you want to, but otherwise, what else? let's see, I'm trying to think if there's any other news. Well, well, since you're watching the channel, please do subscribe and click the bell to get notifications. We're going to be doing more of these. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Anything else in the news, Ben? Anything else? I haven't. I've been like totally on? offline. I deleted all oh, my yeah. social media. Oh, yeah. Tell us media. about this. So you you deleted your Instagram and your yeah. Twitter? Yeah. 
So, I mean, deactivated. So, first of all, what made you do that? Kind of our, our conversation, conversation the other night. We were, yeah. we were talking about this the other night. We were all kind of reflecting on Barrett was saying how you just went private on Twitter and it felt amazing. And I'm talking about, I'll give you guys a little update. Oh, those of you listening right now. I am, I am toying with the idea of um, doing some kind of systematic withdrawal from some of the public platforms. I'm going to keep posting to YouTube. You're going to keep finding me here. I'm going to keep posting to the podcast. You'll always get new podcasts on your phone. And I'm going to definitely keep writing. That'll always be my main thing. So I'll be publishing to the to the newsletter if you want to sign up at otherlife.co, otherlife.co. Um, I'm good, definitely going to be, that's going to be the focus, really. I'm going to put more and more of my effort into just writing because that's what I do best. That's the highest leverage, highest quality work that I'm capable of doing is focused, serious writing. Uh, so I send out a blog slash newsletter to uh, the sign up at otherlife.co. I'm going to do one of those a, a week at the very least, but maybe even more. We'll see. And I'm thinking about maybe, you know, being way less active on Twitter, being way less active on Instagram and maybe more generally, like I might not reply to YouTube comments as much. I might just kind of withdraw and disappear. Like I love you folks. I want to keep making content. I want, I want to give you my highest quality self, but to do that, I kind of have to disappear a bit from all of the frantic messages and this and that. So this is also one of the reasons why I'm getting interested in Urbit because Urbit is like this completely mind blowing alternative way to run an internet. And there's a lot of smart people on there. So I'm thinking it might be a cool place to kind of use that as like an escape. I use that as a place to withdraw and kind of clear my mind and scale back on some of the, the messaging and the tweeting and the, all of those things. I want to focus on writing the most original and important uh, political theory and social theory that I'm capable of. And I want to write a book. So I, I really want, I really need to get my mind straight and get all of that kind of organized. So yeah, we were talking about this. I kind of was just giving the audience an update, Ben, but I was also curious to know, how are you finding your, you deleted Twitter and Instagram? Yeah. How does it feel for you? And, and how is it going so far? Uh, I mean, liberating, uh, just have a lot more free time to do um, meaningful things, yeah. creative things that I've been, yeah, it's just, it's been good all around. Uh, just feel less frantic, like caring about, I mean, not, not that I cared like what other people are saying and doing online all the time, but yeah, it was just like for mindless entertainment and, right. you know, and cutting that out is just, it gives me more time for the things that are important in my life. So heck yeah. yeah heck good. yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. I, I, I want that. I need that. I'm like way too frantic on all the different things. And then with indiethinkers.org, it's just another thing. So it's like, I think I just want to go all in. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go all in on indiethinkers.org which is like my people, the community I love the most. And that's the highest quality and like where I'm, I'm connected to people doing real things. And um, that's like its own uh, kind of operation, which I, I really like and believe in. I think I'm just going to be present in indiethinkers.org and I'm going to have a small private group organized around the book I'm writing on Urbit. And I think those are going to be like the only places that I actually like chat with people or interact with people on all the other messaging for you know interfaces i'm gonna kind of be i'm gonna i'm just gonna disappear i think um so yeah if you want to if you want to follow my my best work definitely just subscribe at otherlife.co.co and um but i'm definitely going to keep uploading to youtube i'm going to keep uploading to uh the podcast for sure i'll probably still keep tweeting here and there or whatever but i'm not replying to replies i'm not replying to messages um generally and yeah I think we got some super chats. You want to give some oh, wow. shout outs? Okay. Yeah. So we have one from Aaron, $4.99. Thanks, Aaron. Shout uh, out to Aaron. Thank yeah. you, Aaron. And then we have one uh, from Bozo C25 uh, HRK, whatever that is. Do you know what that is, Joseph? No is clue. It? 
Okay, and this sounds is, like some um, yeah, some secret code. Is that fake money? Let's see. What um, is it? Let's see. So it's a yo. You need to start taking finasteride. It's a low risk drug. So that's ah. obviously a joke because that is like a horrible, awful drug. Yeah. So Ben and I are both balding. So yes. we've both you know been looking into this, discussing it. Um, my understanding is that finasteride does have risks. Maybe they're not huge. Oh, but, what do you mean? I thought it's like awful for your yeah. It can interrupt health. your fertility. Yeah, yeah. Your your male fertility. It can. That's an awful risk. No, it's a, well. You can distinguish between the probability of it happening and the magnitude of how bad well, it is. I mean, it's on the damn bottle, right? I mean, it totally yeah. warns you. So that's pretty. All, all I'm saying is, I don't think it's super common. Yeah. I don't know. My yeah, it's not. But, but anecdotally, my friend had like the worst symptom. He like thought he couldn't like sleep. He couldn't. Uh, like it couldn't uh, get an erection for months really? <laughs> from just taking. Uh, I think he said it was one week regimen of the pill. And yeah, so that yeah. just like totally did it come out. back when he stopped taking it? Uh, no, no. It, it, yeah. Luckily went away, but, oh, oh, sorry, uh, but it was like so a yes, month. It did come back. Okay. Oh, did it come? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Had it um, yes. I've looked. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little scared of finasteride because my wife and I are trying to have kids right now. Do so. Nutrafol, the natural. Is that what it's called? Yeah. That's what I'm actually taking right now. Experiment. It's a little pricey though, but um, is it working? I don't fucking. Yeah. Know. I, so I can give a, a report not. back on this. I so I told you a few weeks ago on the podcast. I told you on. I I started a, a minoxidil, That's uh, right. which is like one of the entry level things. It's like there aren't really bad side effects or risks. Um, but I'll give you a report back on it. It sucks. It basically really? is annoying. I I'm so skeptical that it's going to work. I mean, I it doesn't. I'm it, my hair is certainly not like thickening. Maybe it's forestalling further uh, balding, but I can't really tell. I've only been doing it for like a month now. But oh, well, yeah, it takes months upon months. Yeah, but listen to this. You have to do it once in the morning, yeah. and then you have to do it once in the evening, and it makes your hair fucking greasy. Yeah. So it might, yeah, so like it's it's a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. I just kind of doubt that it's going to work. Uh, so I'm going to keep doing it for a few months, but that's my interim report. It sucks. I'm kind of, I doubt that it's going to work, and uh, it just doesn't, I mean, what do I know? Maybe it will but what's wrong with balding again like what no nothing i don't yeah, mind like, I, dude i'm super cool with shaving my head and going bald i yeah, really same. don't care i'm already married like i already have exactly. my, my woman uh who do i really have to impress looks wise yeah um so i think that's the right way to think about it but um sorry i mean for for those of you who don't yet have a wife like oh the, yeah i'm not saying you're like you know plenty of men look perfectly fine bald or bald yeah, um sure. you just, it just i've talked, talked about this before it just means you have to compensate in your character and yeah. your your um you know grow a nice beard your other qualities it forces you to focus on those things which is a good thing you should take that as a blessing oh we got uh, another one yeah another uh super chat five dollars from john fisher thanks john what up john fisher you guys buddies you know each other uh no okay. but we're buddies now anyone yeah, who throws there you go. me a super yes, chat same. is a buddy good friend all right i shouldn't say that then someone oh shit someone named like adolf hitler yeah. is gonna send me it's <laughs> gonna send me a super chat and someone's gonna be like Justin said he's buddies with Adolf Hitler. Uh, Not true. Uh, All right. We got some texts coming in. Nice. From Jay. Shout out to Jay who just sent me a text. Wants to come to the next Austin party. Nice. He's in Austin in driving distance. Oh, cool. Right on. That girl, Fiona. Remember her? Ben? Yeah. She texted me recently. Oh, what'd she say? She's trying to, she's trying to come to our parties. Sweet. Yeah. Let's go. So it's going to be fun when we start actually doing things. All right. I think this is fun. It's about an hour, right? Perfect, perfect place to end. Yeah, folks, if you want to, if you've no ever problem. wanted to learn about Rene Girard, we made a free reading list. It's really nice. And it's a, an expertly curated sequence that you can do in eight weeks. So just go and grab it. It's totally free. It's just a PDF. And it basically just gives you like manageable chunks that even if you're working, you know, and busy, you can manageably feasibly read 
each of these readings once a week for eight weeks and pretty much cover all of the key ideas of, of Rene Girard. So uh, that was made by my buddy, Jeff Schellenberger, who's going to be teaching our Girard course within the IndieThinkers.org ecosystem. So uh, yeah, go check that out. Go download it at GerardCourse.com. And uh, the, the course itself is going to be in mid-June. So you may or may not want to be a part of that, but uh, it's definitely going to be fire. So if you are interested in an intensive eight-week experience, go ahead and uh, get on that. Uh, just sign up, you know, just download the syllabus, get on the email list, and I'll let you know when we open enrollment. But it's definitely going to be fire, and you'll get to meet several hundreds of other people in the Indie Thinkers community, lots of cool people. Um, we just did a Q&A with Mike Solana. Um, we do these private Q&As where we just bring people in who are cool and smart, uh, who we want to learn from. And yeah, so lots more going on with all of that, but I don't, I hate to, I hate to promote too much stuff. I'm always working on new things. Um, I, I'll, I'll give you a little teaser here, a little interesting thing. I am starting to talk with Urbit because I've written a few things about Urbit recently. I, 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 I'm really getting Urbit pilled authentically in a way, because I, I really do see what they're trying to do and it's pretty amazing. And I just kind of vibe with it hard. So I've been writing about why I'm increasingly interested in Urbit. And I think they've kind of seen that and they're kind of like, you know, happy to see someone like me talking about them and interested in them and believing in them. So I am talking with Urbit and we're probably going to do some kind of collaboration of some kind. I think I'm going to, we haven't hammered out the details exactly, but I think I'm going to withdraw from some of the, the mainstream normie social media platforms because I hate them. And I, I do think they're increasingly toxic on my mind, like I was just talking about, but to help solve that, I think I'm going to spend more time on Urbit in a, in a, in a concentrated way. And I think I'm going to maybe do some writing exclusively on Urbit, have a little, have a little, um, Urbit space for people who want to learn more about Urbit. Uh, I, I might, I think I'm going to build a little onboarding flow to, to help get you on there if you're interested in that. And, uh, you know, with the problem with Urbit is it's kind of hard to find new people. It's like this super minimalist system. There's no algorithms. There's no nothing. It's just like when you get on there, it's a blank screen, basically. And if someone, if you want to get into a chat group or a uh, discussion forum or see someone's notebook, that's basically all they have right now is like notebooks and chats. So if you, it's basically blogs and uh, chat channels. If you want to get into them, you need to, someone needs to give you one to enter. You, there's no, there's no search. There's no discovery. There's no algorithm. So it's all very kind of low key and it's kind of hard to find your way to find what's interesting there. Uh, if you don't have someone to kind of give you the, the hints about where to go or where to start. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to make an urban group of my own. And uh, for those of you who want to experiment with this newfangled technology, uh, I'll have a place to kind of, I, I think I'll make a link that will kind of help bring you on and I'll, I'll show you the ropes and at least you can kind of hang out in my little, my little chat group. Um, and yeah, cause I do think Urbit kind of solves, Urbit is trying to solve this problem of everything that's so bad about the current internet. And I'm just, I'm here for that. I, I like it. I like the idea. And I, I like the idea of believing in something like crazy and weird in the early days. Mm -hmm. That's just, I, I'm attracted to that and, uh, they're cool people. So I want to help them out. So that's just a little bit of a teaser. I haven't announced anything official yet, but, um, something like that is going to happen. So stay tuned. Ben, any news from you? Anything no, you want to share? Anything you want to plug? I guess you don't have any social media for people to follow yeah, anymore. Yeah, not at the moment. Um, All right. Well, stay tuned. There's there's big stuff coming. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for the super chats. I'll that'll buy Ben some 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 tendies and maybe a maybe a cocktail tonight. Yeah. And thanks for hanging out. As always, this was fun. Other Life Podcast. Wherever you got your podcasts, go get it. And uh, yeah, we got a lot more coming up. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Click the bell and just. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for watching my channel. I, I am, I'm so happy about that. Thank you.
Oh, All right. All right. Thank you, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, everyone. Bye, everybody. God bless.